Hebrews, the 11th chapter. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles out to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. We'll be zeroing in on verse 29. And the title of the sermon here for this morning is Cul-de-sac or Backpack? Okay, Cul-de-sac or Backpack? Some of you got your backpacks right now. That's pretty good. Gang gear. You know, but do you have Hebrews 11? Look at verse, I mean, excuse me, chapter 10 first. See verse 38? Do you have it? Now the just shall live by what? But if any man, what? Draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. In other words, when he comes to a cul-de-sac, and he draw back, and don't pick up his backpack, that's a wrap, hallelujah, huh? then, then you ain't going to make it, and you're going to come to Red Seas in your life, cul-de-sacs in your life, when you're either going to throw in the towel, or pick up your pack, and today some of you are going to pick up your pack, and you're going to keep going on, amen, keeping the faith, chapter 11, verse 29. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by what? Dry land. Which the Egyptians, are saying to do, were what? Drowned. Father, I pray that we would allow us to hear your word, for faith comes by hearing, hearing your word. Anoint me to bring forth your word in power and in precision. And Lord, that everyone would open up their hearts to receive it. Everyone to receive your word. I thank you, Lord God, for the 17 years I've had the opportunity to preach you. The difference we've been able to make in people's lives, Lord God. And I bless you for that, Lord God. And the fruit that comes back 30, 60, 100 fold in due season. Thank you, Father, for the, the children that grew up in children's church that are now a part of the, the gang and that are a part of the adult ministry now, Lord God, 17 years later. But Lord, we've just begun. We're now here, Lord God, just in a commencement time, Lord God, where we're passing over, going on to... Obtain by faith that new property and properties. We bless you and praise in Jesus' name. Everybody together said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let me just make mention that at 4 o'clock today we will be meeting here and going out for, for an hour and hitting the streets and, and, and compelling the people to come to hear Philip LaCruz tonight. So we've been doing this. This is going to be the third week in a row. And sometimes by the time we get to the third week, people say, ah. And then they don't come. They say, ah. And they don't come. Uh, but I hope you'll say, ah. And then come. So at 4 o'clock, we'll be meeting here, we'll pray, then we're going to uh, have flyers to go hit the streets for Philip crew. We want to hit uh, uh, the vicinity here, the area here, uh, Dixon and Tennyson, and, and ask the people to come in, you know, put them in your car, amen, and bring them to church, because again, to hear Philip crew is something else. Okay, here, in this portion of scripture that I, that I read here in Hebrews eleven twenty nine, we have two different groups traveling down the very same road, Okay? Both take the same turns and they take the same straight, straightaways. They're going down the same road. Okay? They want to get to the same place. They have both encountered the very same obstacles and the big obstacle, which is the Red Sea. Are you with me? Two groups of people. The Israelites, the Jewish people, and the Egyptians, the Gentiles. Okay? And some of you saw, uh, 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 you know, what was that... Uh, Steven Spielberg's latest movie was a, the Prince of Egypt. And, you know, we were able to see And then everybody saw the Ten Commandments. 
So we're very familiar with this portion of scripture. And they, have, they confront what would seem to be a very insurmountable and very impossible barrier, the Red Sea. A cul-de-sac, if you will, right? Isn't it like a cul-de-sac when you come to the end? Uh, now, some of you that were criminals, cul-de-sac didn't stop you, right? Oh, man, what a bummer, copper you got me. Nah, you ran through everybody's yard. Right? Some of you? So, come on, am I just speaking for myself? Cul-de-sac didn't stop me. And as a Christian, you think a cul-de-sac will stop me from being a Christian and, and going out of the kingdom of God? No! Ah. Uh, there's a road there someplace. Hallelujah. I believe you mentioned that in Exodus. There was a road that nobody knew about. That only God knew about. Uh, so whenever you come to your Red Sea, there's a road there. You don't got to throw in the towel. You don't got to give up. There's a road there. And you got to understand that. Uh, see, both groups, they also decided to try and undertake and cross that very barrier, that Red Sea. And here is where their likeness ends. They took the same road, same turns, same curves, same straightways, same, same, same. They came to the very same barrier, but that's where their sameness and their likeness disappears. It ends. Here is where they part ways. Here is where they part company, if you will. Each encountered different results, and each of them encountered different outcomes. One of them crossed the Red Sea, the other one's drowned. That's what the Bible says. See, for the Egyptians, that road ended in disaster and defeat. But for the Israelites... That road ended in, in victory. The Egyptians found the Red Sea to be a righteous dead end. I think that's funny. A dead end. Ah, that cul-de-sac. Ah, the Red Sea turned to the Dead Sea. That's what happened. The Red Sea turned into the Dead Sea. While for the Israelites, the Red Sea turned into, you know, a super highway. The highway to heaven. And when you encounter, you know, these dilemmas and these problems in your life, that, that can happen as well. They can turn into, hey, I'm going to throw in the towel, forget it, or else it can be your highway to heaven. When you, in the troubles and trials you'll encounter in life. See, the Israelites ended up shouting praises to God on the other side, while the Egyptians ended up coughing up water. Uh, see, one group ends up praising God, the other one ends up uh, dead and drowning. Now, why did this happen? Why was this the situation, and why was this the case? See, it certainly had nothing to do with training and upbringing. For the Jews were slaves, and the Egyptians were proud conquerors. Uh, they had, for 380 years, they had the, the Israelites under heavy bondage, making bricks and mortars, and being slaves. So it had nothing to do with, 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 with you know, being lucky, or, or, or it had nothing to do with, with their upbringing, or their culture, or their training. Okay? Because see, if, they, if it would have had to do with training, the Egyptians were very, very trained. Very trained. They were the world conquerors. The Jews were ex-dope fiends from San Quentin. Yeah, well, I'm just anal analyzing that. You know, I'm just saying that. They were, you know, down and outers. Uh, really, when you, in comparison. They were slaves. So it had nothing to do with, you know, with your upbringing. Nor was it because God played favorites. Never and no way. God is not willing that any should perish, but how many come to repentance? All. Slaves and conquerors. God is not prejudiced, nor is He a respecter of persons, the Bible says. Uh, if on any given, you know, summer day, if my house is flooded with light and yours is not, it's certainly not the sun's fault. Listen to me, what I'm trying to tell you right now. If on any given summer day, when the sun is shining, if my house 
is flooded with light, and yours is as dark as a pit. It has nothing to do with the sun, because the sun's there. What it has to do with, I opened up the shades and you didn't. Bingo. That's all it has to do. Because the sun's there. Are you with me? Uh, see, and the same principle applies here. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get this principle across to you. With the Egyptians and the Israelites, where one was open to the things of God, and the other was shut. Because Jesus is not a respecter of persons. He wants everybody to be saved. He wants to shine his sun, hallelujah, S-O-N on everybody. But some people open up their hearts and have the sun shine in. Uh, and they live a radiant life and some don't. Some are closed. Uh, even in, in preaching, when you hear the preaching, ah, today I'm not going to listen. No matter if you jump up and down, I'm going to be bored. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Maybe I'll jump. Hallelujah. Huh? Get younger every year. Besides, I'm speaking on one of my main gifts, faith. Uh, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Uh, see, the reason the Israelites succeeded and the Egyptians didn't was a matter of an open and shut case. Of the shades. No, of faith. It was an open and shut case. I almost titled it that. Uh, one had faith in God and the other did not. One, the Israelites exhibited faith in God while the Egyptians were only on that road because in pride they wanted to get their worldly possessions back. See, their journey had no inkling or no tainting of faith at all in it. You know why the Egyptians were on that road? Because they wanted to get their, 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 their possessions back. They'd given all kinds of silver and gold and jewelry and possessions to the Israelites when they left. You read the scriptures. And finally the, the Pharaoh, he hardens his heart, he gets all proudful. He says, man, now nah, I'm going to go back and get my stuff. That's the only reason they were on the road. But the Egyptians were on that road. Excuse me, the Israelites were on that road because God had told them to. They were in it by faith. See, the person or group that possesses even an inkling or a mustard seed of faith, that individual or that church or that group or that organization can do even the impossible. They just had an inkling of faith. That's, that's enough. If you just have a mustard seed of faith, you can throw a mountain into the ocean. That's what the Bible says. Just a little bit of faith. Even here today, if you're not saved, just a little bit of faith, you'll get saved. That's all God needs, a little crack in your heart. Boom! Ah, and the sun will shine radiating you. That's what happened to me. Man, talk about an atheist. Well, I don't think I was an atheist, but I, I didn't want God. Had him locked in. But I heard a sermon. Praise God, I had to hear a sermon because I was in the home. I had to hear a sermon. Because uh, that's what it took. Uh, just once, boom! And man... The gift of faith came into my life. That ready. You know what? As a matter of fact, it's 25 years ago to the day. Today. Today. 25 years ago today. I stopped using heroin. 25 years ago to the day, my friend. I stopped going back to the filthy jails. 25 years ago, I stopped running around the streets. Well, no, I didn't. Just that I run around with, with faith now. Uh, I was there last night. Running the Tennyson area. Uh, me and Mikhail, hallelujah. Uh, Mikhail's Navy, not Old Navy, hallelujah. And we was doing it up. Now, uh, what the writer of the book of Hebrews is trying to tell us, and we need to understand, that's what I want to get across here this morning, with such a statement as, you know, Hebrews eleven six, that without faith it is impossible to please God, is that faith in God is of A1 importance in your life. Faith is your carte blanche in Christianity. Did you hear me? Carte blanche means what? Blank check. Come on, French people. Ah, uh, oui, oui. 
Monsieur, hallelujah. Uh, that's what faith is. The Hebrew writer is telling us that faith is not a luxury. It's a necessity. Mm, I said a mouthful. That's why I'm going to repeat it again. Faith is not a luxury. Something you can either take it or leave it. No, you have to have it. It's a must. It is a necessity. It's not an elective. It's a requirement. You ever been to school and they have electives? Well, I want to take shop and uh, shop and home ec. Huh? All these electives. Recess. Ooh, I'm going to get an A. Uh, oh, I want lunch. I want that one. Lunch. I'll take that one. Uh, see, no. Faith is not an elective. It's a requirement, a required class in order to pass, hallelujah, in the kingdom of God. See, here the Hebrew writer is telling us, by using the Egyptians and the Israelites as examples, that faith is a difference between success and failure in life. It is a difference between victory and defeat. Did you hear me? Faith is the difference between failure and success in life, but the choice is yours. Uh, the difference between triumph and tragedy is a matter of faith. Did you hear me? The difference between triumph and tragedy is a matter of faith. Them that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I preached about this last Sunday night. The Christians have burdens. We're going to have hard times. The minute you get saved, it's not merrily, merrily, life is what a yellow brick road. No way. The Calvary road is a rocky road. How do you know you're on the road to success? It's uphill all the way. It's not easy being a Christian. Unless you're in the home. I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. Wake up time. Ah. Uh, the difference between triumph and tragedy is a matter of faith. See, through the writer of Hebrews, by him using the illustration between the Egyptians and the Israelites in Hebrews eleven twenty nine, he is telling us that when someone or some group of people come to a crisis or a crossing, a crossroads in their life, that what will determine victory and defeat will not be ability, it will not be skill, it will not be a lucky break, not at all, but faith in God. Because the Egyptians had it made in the shade with plenty of lemonade. They were on top of the world. They were the bad motor scooters of their day. They were the United States of America of their era. Uh, even, a, you know, uh, they hit 10,000 shares in Wall Street. Uh, something like that. I think they just hit it the other day. They were on top of the world. So it was the people on the Titanic. Uh, but when the Titanic hit the Red Sea, hallelujah. Ah, see, but, and, and all the Israelites were with slaves in bondage. Ah, so it has nothing to do with luck. It has nothing to do with culture or skill or ability. The difference is faith. Having faith in God. See, it is the Hebrew writer's firm belief that faith is the one primary essential that no one should leave home without. Forget carte blanche or whatever that American Express. Don't leave faith. Don't leave don't leave Egypt without it. I must entitle it that. Faith. Don't leave Egypt without it. Besides, you can't leave Egypt. Egypt stands for what? The world. You can't leave the world without faith. Uh, because when you get saved, that's how you get out of Egypt. And how do you get saved? For by grace are you saved through faith. Faith is such an important commodity. Uh, and we need to understand that. Yet, it was the Jews who crossed victoriously to the other side. While the Egyptians, with all their, you know, all their chariots and, and modern weapons of war, they ended up righteously dead on a dead end. Defeated. See, faith is essential, okay, 
with so many acts in life. You need faith in your life. All the acts and things that you're going to have to do in life, you're going to need faith. To get here today, you had to get a little bitty thing like this. doesn't weigh more than maybe a couple ounces. And this thing, because you used it by faith, allowed you to get a big old couple of tons of steel. Oh, no, 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 no more. Huh? You know, I get some plexiglass. <laughs> you know. But you, it, it turned... This key turned the faith. You had faith to put that thing in there and combustion and air and gas and, you know, all put together and, and you know, uh, uh, water and all boom and you got here. But you had a boom faith to get here. Uh, to go to the post office and place a stamp on an envelope and drop it in the slot and address that letter to Manila or Fremont, that takes faith. Well, boom, see you later. And then somebody will write you back, oh. They got my letter. But you had to do it by faith in the postal system. Huh? That takes faith. That takes faith. <laughs> uh, you don't get shot. I'm going to just keep going. Uh, drive-bys <laughs> at the post office. Uh, see, but having faith in the things of God is even much, much more necessary and much more essential. If you're going to have faith in the post office, come on. Having faith in God is way more essential. And you'll take care of business a whole lot better. See, real genuine faith is a must, a necessity in anybody's life. It can be life's greatest essential. Without it, it is impossible to please God. Okay? And without it, your life loses out big time. You have to have faith. In the book of Ecclesiastes, the Bible says that the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes, he had everything. He tried everything. As a matter of fact, look at Ecclesiastes chapter 2. The guy had it all, just like the Egyptians. Ecclesiastes, we're going to cover quite a bit of scripture here before we close. This guy got into business. He went to the top of business. Yet everything was futile. Everything was vanity, empty for him. He got into culture. He got into pleasures. He even got into botany. Can you imagine that? You know, he's, he's into pleasure. He even gets into botany. Maybe botany will save me. <laughs> he got into politics. He got into real estate. He got into music. But everything was futile. Look at chapter 2. Of Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. But you can almost pick any verse, and I'll tell you almost the same thing. And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was what? Vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no profit under the sun. See, the Hebrew writer had had everything and anything that he wanted. Except the most important thing that I'm talking about today. Faith! He lacked the most important thing. If you're going to go after something, people go after faith in God. Nothing can stop you. I know. The devil's been after me for 25 years, but he ain't got me. And I ain't no cinch domino. I could throw in the towel tomorrow. It could happen. But it ain't going to happen. I'll tell you that. It's not going to happen. Because I know me. Uh, because I've said it, the best fall, but the best get up. I ain't been perfect. But I know what I'm made of. I know what I'm made of. Uh, I know how to get back up. And let's go on. I come to a cul-de-sac. I pick up my backpack. I did it as a drug addict. I'm telling you. The cops were after me. They ain't going to catch me. Well, the same thing with the devil. If he's after me, I ain't going to get me. 
Uh uh-uh, uh, I ain't going to your jail, hell no. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I want to get the tape just for that one right there. Give me the tape. Hell no! Heaven, yes! I'm heaven bound. Okay, but it doesn't mean that I'm a cinch domino, nor you. Devil's going to try and mess with you. Heaven, yes. Yeah, he will. Uh, he hates you. Uh, then also, faith is important and essential. Because even if we are poor and poverty stricken, in other words, we don't have too much money, but we have faith. The Bible calls us rich in faith. God has chosen the poor people of this, of this earth rich in faith. You might not have a, any money. Listen, I, don't, I have about three pennies, four pennies in my pocket. That's all I got. My kids know it. Four pennies. Hallelujah. But hey, but I'm rich in faith. Ah, that's right. Ah, I don't got no money, but I'm going to be all right. Ah, it's worked for 25 years. Ah, usually everything, when I get depleted, God will, God will bless, God will provide. Ah, he always comes through. There's always a parting of the Red Sea. Ah. See, according to a Hebrew writer, if we have and keep the faith, then nothing can really defeat us. Ooh, I said a big statement. If you have faith, nothing can defeat you. You can call yourself victory outreach even in the toughest times. Even through the hardest battles. For 17 years, we didn't have a, our own building. Did we call ourselves second-class outreach? Uh, did we call ourselves wilderness outreach? No, we were still victory outreach because of what the Bible says. See, we can be more than conquerors in all things. Victory is certain if you keep the faith. Uh, I've said before, I've read the end of the Bible and what happens? We win. I cheated. <laughs> I went to the end. Like some of you that get books and you get, we'll go to the end, see what's going to happen. Who, you know, they got together, they live happily ever after. Yes, and sure. Okay. Them that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Did you hear me? That's a certainty. If you live godly in Christ Jesus, you shall suffer persecution. Long sermon sometimes. Not today, fortunately for you. Hallelujah. But because of faith, we don't need to live under the persecution, but rather above the circumstances. Because of faith. You might be you know, under persecution, no, but you can be above the circumstances. Ah. Look at Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3. I want to give you a few scriptures before I close. Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. book of Philippians, which we're going to be studying probably the turn of the year, because we're going to be getting Ephesians in April. But the Philippians is powerful. Chapter 3, verses 7, 8, and 9. Uh, do you have it? But what things were gained to me, like the Egyptians had gained, those I counted loss for Christ, or faith. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of... How many things? All things. Paul, Paul only had four pennies in his pocket. And do count them, but... Oops. That means donkey droppings. And I don't smell too good. Okay? I count them donkey droppings. That I may win Christ and be found in Him. Not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through what? Faith. The faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. He says, I might not have a lot of stuff that I had before. 
And, and he tells you what he had before, the, the verses 3 through 6. He says, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews, of the stock of Benjamin. I, had, I was bad, bro. I was a, man, I was a ruler. I was an, I was an elder in the, in, the, in, you know, in, in the synagogue. He says, I gave all that up. And I counted as dung. Donkey droppings. That smells. Uh, doo-doo. Just in case you don't know what I mean, it's doo-doo. Uh, he says, all that's doo-doo. For the excellency of faith in Christ. Ah. Uh, even in, in, in Philippians, he goes on to say, Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Ah, Jesus, because if I have faith, it don't matter to me. I can be dead or alive and I'm going to win. It's a win-win equation. Can you imagine to a Christian, if you're alive, you win, and if you're dead, you win. Shoot me. I mean, you study the book of Philippians. It's powerful. It's deep. Uh, because of one main ingredient, one little essential, hallelujah, don't leave home without it. I call it faith. Yea, though he slay me, it don't matter, Job says, because I have faith. Faith. Uh, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the call according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. No matter what you're going through, all things work together for good. And if there's any scripture you need in the home, it's that one. And if any scripture that you need with Pastor Steve preaches, it's that one. Uh, all things work together for good. All things. How many things? Because of faith. Thus, and this is, the, this is heavy here. Having faith, real failure is impossible. That's the bottom line of my sermon right there. Failure is impossible. And I have scriptures, more scripture to prove it, but I didn't want to bring it out there. But that's the truth. Ah, failure is impossible. Defeat is impossible. That's why we don't have to call it defeated outreach. It's victory outreach. Even when we don't have a building, it was still victory outreach. Now that we got one, don't get, oh, man, how nice. No, no, it's, you know, hey, uh, there's still a devil. Now, the Bible is not saying that faith is some sort of magic, that it can and will cause the Christian to be exempt from trouble and trial. Not, it is not saying that. If you believe that, you know, that because you have faith, now you're going to have no troubles, you're in trouble. You're in for a disappointment. Remember, the sun shines the same on everybody. But only those with faith open up the blinds and let the sun in.
The modern day Egyptians, they don't do that. They don't let the sun shine. They have no faith. See, everybody comes to the Red Seas in their lives. Whether a Christian or not a Christian. We all have difficulties. Everybody's going to come to the Red Seas. Some of you are there this morning. You're at your, you're at your cul-de-sac. But the believer has that inner strength to go through any Red Sea victoriously. They went through as in dry land. You have that opportunity, that inner strength to go through it victoriously. To come out praising God and worshiping God. See church, we're all going to come to that, that crossroads in our lives. Those Red Seas for all of us. The key is, how do you handle them? Cul-de-sac or backpack? Are you going to go through them? Uh, are we going to throw away our faith? Or are we going to use it? Are we going to bankrupt our faith? Or are you going to remain rich in faith? The Bible says, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. That's the victory that overcomes the world. And the world's, uh, you know, the secular spirits are going to try and mess with you. The Red Sea is a crossroads. It's a crossroads in your life. But I, I want to read a little poem that I wrote, read many years ago. I hadn't never used it in many years, but it says, Two men, both behind bars, one sees mud, the other stars. Uh, in other words, it's an outlook, uh, attitude, an attitude of, of faith in your life. Two men are behind bars, one sees mud, or the other stars. I'm going to get out of here someday. And when I do, I'm going to be good, mom. Uh, I'm going to be okay. Because uh, I got God now. It's attitude. If you want to be looking down all the time, then you're an Egyptian. <laughs> but uh, a, a spiritual Jew, oh, looks up. No matter what. He knows. He has more than hope. He's more than a conqueror. Not just a conqueror. He's more than a conqueror. See, faith is an adventure. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's what it is. And we'll all encounter our Red Seas. And either it'll be a cul-de-sac or backpack time. Keep the faith. Romans 2.7, then I'm done. Romans 2.7, then I'm done. This has always been one of my favorite scriptures, though I haven't used it in many, many years. Keep the faith. And God spoke to me this morning. And last night. Some of you have lost your faith. You have. Pick it up. Put it on your backpack. And let's get on. These women here, I believe they mean business. I believe it. I believe we probably will have the second largest church in Victoria. I believe that. But so what? That number's, you know, quality's better. And we got some good quality here. We got some good quality here. I mean, I I love this church. And And I've been bragging about you as of late because Pastor Sonny bragged about you. When he was here and he says, man, you're Pastor Steve, he says, Steve, your church is mature. I can spot it. Uh, but out of maturity should come multiplication. We shouldn't just have addition to our church. We should multiply. And, that's, and it's going to happen because that's how we're going to grow. Uh, because people are going to look at you and say, I want to be like that person. I want to be like him. I want to be like her. She goes through some heavy stuff just like me, but she goes through it. Uh, I see mud. She sees stars. Do you have Romans 2.7? To them who by patience, continuance, and well-doing, seek for glory and honor and immortality. What? Eternal life. If you read the whole chapter of Romans 2, it's a book of judgment. It talks about judgment. 
when you're going to get to heaven. That's what it says, who through patient continuance have obtained eternal life. Eternal life means when you come before God's presence in heaven. And it's a book about judgment. You read it there, it's going to be talking about judgment, judgment. You're going to be judged on this, judged on that. But the key thing in Romans 2.7 is telling us what the key thing we're going to be judged on. It's going to be, we're going to be judged on, and plain and simple, if we made it or we didn't. That's the bottom line. Yes, some of you might not have a lot of rewards. Some people are going to be having all kinds of gold, crowns, five of them, the Bible says. You know, the soul winner's crown, all these crowns of righteousness. You know, you might just have a little rubber band. We'll come up to you, ding! <laughs> it was your fault. Ding! Ah. Uh. <laughs> but so what? At least you're not in hell. Uh, my, my homeboy, I believe he made it. One the, I used to pray for him all the time. They told me four months before he died because he was no fool. That was one of the saying, I didn't raise no fool. But they told me he picked up a Bible. I believe he made it. But he's going to wear a rubber band. But the Bible says, who through patience, continuance. And we've studied that word in the Greek. It means hupomeno. It means to remain under. It's the ability to remain under. Let me read it again. Then I'm going to close. To them, hopefully it's you, who by hupomeno, patience, continuance, the ability to remain under anything, in well-doing, seek for glory and honor and immortality. That's eternal life. In other words, you made it. What it's speaking about here is God's going to judge you if you went through your trials or did you throw in the towel. When you got to your cul-de-sac, when you got through your Red Seas, did you turn it into a road or did you turn around and quit? Did you dummy up? Or did you go bankrupt? Or did you count, consider yourselves rich in faith? Uh, did you go to the bank and say, I want some withdrawal here. I need some power. I need some faith. Got any faith in there? All kinds. Pasa. You put it in your backpack and you get on. Uh, see, the Egyptians didn't believe. The Israelites did. They kept their faith. Paul says, I have kept the faith. Hupo meno. I remained under the pressure. I didn't give in. I didn't give up. You're going to have some hard times. You're going to have to exhibit the ability of hupo meno. You're going to have to be, have some patience, continuance. Keep on keeping on. And then someday you'll be able to say like Paul, listen, I had some heavy times. I had some trials in my life. But man, the, the, up before me is laid a prize. You know, uh, that Christ Jesus is before me there in heaven and I'm going to obtain that prize. I had it bad, but I'm glad I went through it because I'm 89 years old now. I only got a few days left, but I done made it. I kept the faith. I didn't give in. My grandmother died at 89. She wasn't all learned in the Word of God. But I've told you about her before. Uh, we were in L.A. And all of a sudden somebody says, Who's this Beatrice Vasquez? Who's this Beatrice Vasquez? And I looked. And I was down in L.A. for some stuff. And I go, That's my grandmother. They said, Well, this lady doesn't know that for the last 10 years we stopped putting out Victory Outreach newsletters. So when we stopped sending newsletters out, the money stopped coming in for the, because we had, a, we, we had a fund. We'd send out newsletters and we'd always ask for people to give finances. And that's how it would help out the ministry. But we'd stopped doing it for the last 10 years. But they said, but this lady, whoever she is, Beatrice Vasquez, has never stopped giving her $10 every month. Man. I said, that's my grandma. 
I'm not going to tell her. Let her keep doing it. <laughs> she, did, she wasn't learned. She wasn't a scholar. She didn't know a lot about the Word of God. But she had the most important thing, faith. The day I went, five days after I was in the home, I had to go to court. The day I went to her house and I knocked, the first person I ever went to, I didn't go to my mom, I didn't go to my dad. I went straight to her house. And I knocked on her door. She just looked at me like, I saw her. Uh, a lot like Pastor Sunny's testimony. Same way, I looked at her. She just opened the door. She started walking. I said, Nana, no one tried. I'm not going to go in. I said, but I got to go do some stuff. I got to go to court. I said, Grandma, Cristo me cambió la vida. Y ya no soy el mismo que tú conocías antes. Jesus Christ changed me. I'm not the same person. She looked at me. And I'll tell you something. Right away she believed. Right away, she's, right away she says, Yo sabía. She says, I knew it. She says, everybody else gave up on you, Steve. Why not her? Because she had faith. Don't give up on your children. Mando and Arlene, their little boy Gabriel was messing up. And you guys know it. Some of you heard about it on L.A. But what happened a couple of nights ago? He got saved. He came back home. Uh, and the parents always had faith for him. And he had faith in here too. That's how important and that's how essential faith is. This could maybe be the most important sermon you'll ever, ever, ever hear. Though I didn't make it out like that, but it could be. Because faith is so important. It's your carte blanche in life. With that you can write out anything. You can, have, you can have four pennies in your pocket and you'll still be okay. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Because I'm rich in faith. I want every head bowed.